Welcome to the Trio Wellbeing Podcast, episode number eight. This episode is uh, a really interesting conversation I had with Lindsay from Titan Nutrition. We discuss a whole bunch of things, really, um, mostly related to her journey physically and mentally through the fitness industry from body bodybuilding to powerlifting and how that influenced her to set up Titan Nutrition and what her kind of goals and uh, wants are from that. So yeah, really interesting conversation with Lindsay. I appreciate her time and I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Cool. I think we're recording then. Awesome. Um, Lindsay, thank you for your time. Thanks for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Um, before before we um, uh, get into it fully, I thought it might be really cool to actually give people an idea that this is the first full in-depth conversation that you and I have ever had, right? So yes, that's true. <laughs> okay. so it's not like this is rehearsed or anything like no. that. We <laughs> no, not at all. To, to, to give to give an understanding, like we know each other from the gym. We kind of um, have loosely communicated and stuff through social media and stuff, but not yeah. not not loads. So no. this will be this is really interesting. I've been really looking forward to this because I've seen a lot cool. of your stuff. I've seen a lot of your stuff over the last couple of years, in particular, but probably like two to three years, and how much it's yeah. changed um from from the outside looking in so i thought it'd be really cool to get an interest in get, get an idea of like how that's emerged and how that's occurred because yeah. i think for me the podcast and the message i'm trying to get out there in general is about mental health and the link between the, the link between physical health and mental health yeah and i think my perception and i might be wrong with this but i don't know my perception is that this that's something you're you're well on board with as well yes yes 100 percent. yeah yeah cool. absolutely Awesome. So perhaps a good place to start would be, uh, why did you start using the gym in the first place? What's your relationship with the gym and how did that occur? So I've always gone to the gym, um, but I would say I was a cardio bunny to start with. You know, I would spend the, the couple of hours after work on the treadmill for 45 minutes, completely depressed with no real goal of, you know, or knowledge of what I was doing. Um, then I met my partner. Um, God, we've been together almost nine years now. Um, but met him and he lifted weights when, when we first got together. So obviously he's going to the gym lifting weights. Um, I'm doing cardio. It's boring. Um, so I wanted to start lifting weights because it was it was more interesting. It was something to do. Um, but I I had no idea. I, I don't know what a bicep curl is, what an EZ bar is, all of that sort of stuff. So I'd seen on Instagram um, one of the millions of coaches out there that does online coaching and she was offering a 10 week shred those things that we see banded around all the time, uh, sign up for a 10 week shred. And I thought, well, it gives me the opportunity to understand training and give me structure. So I know what I'm doing in the gym. Mm -hmm. um, but there was also the nutrition side of it as well. So I would know what to eat to support my training. So I did the 10 weeks, responded to it really well. It was really nice being structured, walking into a gym, knowing what I'm doing um and the 10 weeks was really really successful you know I got pretty darn lean um in that time it was it was really really good I you know I was I've always been a size 10 um but yeah you know there was a lot more sort of definition it was nice to see muscles and things like that um 
And she said to me at the end of the 10 week shred, have you ever thought about bodybuilding? Because you have a very natural shape for stage. Um, so yeah, from, from sort of that point when she mentioned that to me, I decided to enter into my first bodybuilding prep. Mm. So yeah, my entry into the gym as far as lifting weights was it was quite strange yeah it was literally starting with a 10 week shred yeah which is good like you say it's, a, it's um unusual isn't it because i think most people their exploration with weights typically is like they dabble a little bit with machines first and, and do bits and pieces whereas few just yeah. kind of threw yourself straight in i just thought and you know you, you all know exactly it's it's what you live and breathe every day the machines in particular are terrifying to look at. If you don't know how to use that and then everyone's got that bit of, I don't want to look like an idiot using the machine incorrectly and things like that. Um, so it just, it, it was just one of those, you know, sort of serendipity moments that I wanted to do something different in the gym and then saw this, yeah, this 10 week shred. And how did you find the, the shredding side of things with regards to the relationship with food? It's, it's really strange and I'm sure we'll sort of, we'll sort of go into it later. Mm. Um, but I've never had an issue with food in any way. Always had a really good relationship with it. It was just, it's, I'd say a good relationship. It was just, I enjoyed food. You know, I didn't overeat, undereat. I didn't really look at calories, tracking calories. I'd always stayed quite slim. So it just wasn't, it wasn't ever a factor with me. Um, on this 10 week shred in terms of the nutrition, um, it was if it fits your macros. Um, so it wasn't a scripted meal plan. It was there's your macros, download my fitness pal and away you go. Um, I, I had no issues with tracking calories. It was fine. It was, it was if anything, I, I quite enjoyed the structure of it. But I genuinely and still to this day, I find um, if it fits your macros quite stressful um i think it's it develops obsessive behavior um because you know if if you're on the run and you know i've gone into london for the day for work blah 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 and i've tracked i've scanned barcodes and then i've got home and realized that i've got 60 grams of protein that i still need to eat but i've only got five calories left so it's do you know what i mean and i just yeah it, it seems that each day, every day is all about scanning that barcode and making sure that you're making everything fit. And so I found the process fine, but if it fits your macros, I found really, really stressful. Mm. Because it gave you too much, like too much wiggle room in that sense. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, I was, my coach told me carbs, fats, proteins, these are, you know, the amounts of, um, each that you need but I didn't there was no guidance I didn't know should my carbs be potatoes or rice or pasta or a combination of the three or should it be vegetables and so it was it was the, the knowledge side of it that wasn't there that I, that I found quite stressful so you know the old sort of adage is people say you can make a Domino's pizza fit your macros if you want mm -hmm. it to but yeah. it doesn't mean that you should um so yeah i think it was it was just it was stressful in that it, it was just it's too much it's too much thought that has to go into it hmm. so for you it, it works better to um have every have it all just kind of like boom 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 mapped out and so, like, tell me what to eat and i'll eat it you know and yeah. i'll find ways to cook it and make it more interesting and things like that but 
that's it it's the same every day I know what to eat I don't have to think about it and it's just sort of you've you've given over an element of control to your coach then and just said that's fine you you manage my food um that I find more enjoyable it makes the process easier I think Mm. yeah and the again I'll get into the the competing and 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 everything like that I guess in a bit but yeah did you you find did you find as a result of trying to get stage ready that it impacted your relationship with food massively 100 percent, and it's and I can say quite confidently now that it hasn't recovered to this point um I'm in a much better place very very comfortable with food um but because of that obsession with tracking and scanning barcodes and looking at macros all of a sudden you're just thinking about everything that you're eating then and because you it's it's difficult because you have more knowledge about food but it's almost too much knowledge so then you're thinking about well I'm not going to have that pasty from Greg's because that's calories for the day you know that's Mm. horrendous it's terrible so it yeah my relationship got progressively worse with food following the 10 week shred going sort of straight into a bodybuilding prep yeah for sure and and you mentioned that it didn't really recover how did it change and how was it not recovered um so when i'd done my my last bodybuilding show um which was when my last bodybuilding show was in 2019 okay um and that was a 16 week prep loved it i love prep i could do that with my eyes closed it's it's no issue whatsoever but for whatever reason during the second prep i um started binge eating um and purging and all those terrible things um because you know I've never had a sweet tooth in my life all of a sudden I wanted everything sweet all of the time you know my Instagram feed was every kind of donut cheesecake anything you know that you could I used to watch Great British Bake Off doing my fasted cardio in the morning <laughs> um like a glutton wow. punishment yeah, yeah I know so that's not um, hard enough yeah and I remember after I'd done my last show, um, I remember being stood in my kitchen with a cookie in each hand, sobbing, like I couldn't stop crying because I couldn't stop eating, but I, I, I was in physical pain. It was, I couldn't eat anymore. You know, the pain was so intense, but I, and I just stood there with a cookie that I'd baked during my prep, ready for after the competition. Um, yeah stood in the kitchen with cookie in each hand just crying my eyes out it was it was awful I couldn't stop myself I was um if I'd go to the supermarket I would buy something from the bakery counter sit in my car and eat it before I go home like I don't need it there's no reason for it I've never done that before my other half didn't know that I was doing that and it would be you know I would park up outside the house and eat something what and it was just it was awful um through time of deciding not to continue in bodybuilding um, and, you know, improving my knowledge about nutrition, um, I follow a meal plan now that, I, that I've written myself, you know, so I, I weigh my food every day now. Um, and I just think sort of time has allowed me to get better with it, to be honest. I think making the decision not to continue in bodybuilding took pressure off me, so mm. made it easier to to not stress about food as much and I think 
the fact that I went from bodybuilding into powerlifting, it's the complete opposite. Yeah. And you really need to be fueled. Um, so it's developing a better relationship with with food now. I'm not I'm not there yet, but it's a it's a lot better than it was. Yeah, definitely. So your last competition then was 2019, and the ramifications yeah. of it are still rippling yeah. on for you even now. Yeah. yeah. And that's I I, I feel like that that's an element of bodybuilding, um, and let's just say like physique competitions in general that isn't i think it's it's kind of like understood i think people know that it happens but i don't think that people know just what impact it actually has. No. And, and and my issue is i had a conversation with my um with my other half about this a few years ago because he said you should do some research and actually write a paper on this because this doesn't get talked about the the aftermath and and the sort of devastation that happens following a show and i know that this has happened to me it doesn't happen to everyone there are, there are people out there that that you know bodybuild all of their lives and all credit to them i wish i had the mental strength i clearly didn't um but when you think that my last show in 2019 when i was on stage i was 35 hmm. there were girls on the stage that were 18 that are, that are facing the same wow. mental challenges that i am. and you think when you're 18 you've still not gone through that complete growth process and hormones and things like that I lost my period during both preps all of those girls will be going through the same um but prep makes you very very selfish because everything is about food training sleep recovery all of those things so it's such a it's such a selfish sport. Um, if you've got kids and a family, I you know I don't advise it because everything is centered around your training and your food and your posing. Um, and your coach is in contact with you all the time. you know, you're made to feel very important up until the stage day. Mm. And then you're on stage, you're on stage for three minutes, whatever it is, you win, lose, whatever it is. And then it stops. So the next day, I wasn't talking to my coach anymore because I've wow. done my show. So it's it's like you're dropped from a great height yeah. um, because you don't matter anymore. You've done your show. Here's your reverse diet. I'll see you when I see you. So you're like, and it, it it's, I don't mean it to sound over dramatic, but you know, as close to PTSD as you can get. Mm. And you're just at home, like, do I go training? What am I training? What do what I do now? For? Yeah. And yeah, so your your body's in bits because, you know, as, as they say with bodybuilding, the day that you're on stage is the day that you look your best, but feel your worst. Um, you know, I remember holding all of the poses on stage, you know, and sometimes it's 30 seconds of time, you know, to hold a pose and you're holding your breath. Migraines, you know, people are being sick backstage. It's just, it's, it's carnage. Um, but yeah, it, it's just, the aftermath is just terrible, terrible. Cause you just it felt very lonely. Yeah. I'd never even considered the fact that actually once the competition's over, that you're dropped by your, by almost not, not, and well, you, I mean, almost literally dropped by your coach. Yeah, and, and you're not. Your coach is still there. You know, I was sent a reverse diet, but I just, you you don't matter anymore. 
you know, and that's not them saying that, that's the feeling that yeah. you have, you know, you feel a little bit worthless now because especially, and I'd say sort of like two weeks after the comp, when nobody's asking you about your competition anymore, mm. nobody's interested in how you look because you're starting to put a bit of weight back on, nobody's asking you how you did in your comp, what you're training for, blah, blah, blah. So all of a sudden, that attention, and I don't mean it in an attention-seeking way, but that attention that you had previously is just not there. Mm. And it's just like your generic person now just in the gym. And it's... Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I, I just I have an issue, and I don't know how it's fixed. I have an issue with the aftercare mm. of bodybuilders following a show. You know, I'm sure there's coaches out there that give great aftercare. I haven't seen it or heard of it. Um, but so how do you amend that? How, like from your perspective, if you could, how, 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 how does a competitor need to be supported afterwards? Like what is I, it you needed at that point? I, th I think afterwards it needs to be, you know, because it's not so much about training then and it's not so much about nutrition. Yes, there is the reverse diet and all of that. But I think there needs to be a focus on the mental health and whether it's a, a weekly Zoom call with your coach to have a conversation. Mm. How's training going? How's food? Rah, rah, rah. So you're, you still feel part of something. Mm. So it, it becomes, it's almost like, not counselling, but it's just a checking in. far off it though, is it? In terms of like, like you say, yeah. checking in with someone afterwards. That's... Yeah. How's, how's everything going? Have you got any thoughts on another comp or blah, 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 anything. But just a sort of a focus on the mental health side of it, I think. Mm. But is that realistic? I've got no idea. It's difficult. I don't think it's not necessarily, I don't think it's necessarily unrealistic. I just think maybe uh, like, I don't know how, I don't know how a coach would or, or why a coach would I know why a coach would want to do it, but from their perspective, it's like visually, as someone that observes this uh, from the outside to some extent, it looks like most coaches are interested in getting you stage ready, getting a transformation picture, and then That's the and then send you on your way. Yeah, yeah, it's literally that. And then you have to bear in mind that I was never at the time of my life that I started bodybuilding. So I was never going to become a pro. I was never going to be an IFBB pro at any stage. And it was never my intention. Um, so it's my view that because you're just an amateur, you're just a person that looks decent in a sequin bikini with the tan on, I think you're further down the list of important people to coaches mm. as well. You know, if coaches have got people that are, trying to go for their pro cards or, you know, whether it's a strength coach and it's someone that wants to be England's strongest man, world's strongest man, those people are further up the list. So when it's yeah. generic 35 year old doing her second bodybuilding show, like I'm, and I would be foolish to think that would be important, but I think there's that element as well that. Yeah, but then you, know you, come, you come in that with a, with a, a, a probably a more wiser mindset than perhaps a lot of people do. A lot of people mm. don't think, a lot of people don't realise where they are in that hierarchy. So yeah. when they, so when they, when they realise where they are at the very bottom of that totem pole, it's like, it's too late at that point. It's six months after the competition. They're probably in pieces. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Completely. Wow. 
I mean, so I just think, you know, if I, if I if I struggled at, you know, 34, 35, 36 with it, and, you know, now as I'm approaching 40, um, what are these 18-year-old girls going through? Like, I should have think it, it turns think, my stomach. Do you think they should be able to compete until they're 24 or 25? I think, that, I think they should be. Even if it was 21, you know, yeah. just these, you know, my, my first bodybuilding show, I came second and the girl who won was 19. And you're like, I mean, it was great for me because I was 34. So, you know, to come second to a 19 year old, I'll take that every day of the week. Um, but it's scary. You know, it's it's full of and especially with the bikini category. So I did bikini for my first show and figure for my second show. Bikini, it's not about muscle definition or symmetry. You know, bikini is stick your ass out and, you know teeth and hair and be a princess and prance about so it's literally girls that are skinny that are getting a tan and a sparkly bikini and getting on stage do you know what I mean so it's it's so it's targeted to young girls if if you like yeah because I mean there's very few 18 year old 19 year old girls that are stacking on serious muscle mass yeah yeah exactly yeah, so it by almost by definition it becomes a category that they that they're drawn to because it's the only one they can really probably take part in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I haven't really considered that before. Like I say, I, I I watch these things from a distance and I kind of pick it all up and I think, oh mm. wow, that's why I thought your your take on it would be really interesting as someone who's mm. actually competed because mm. because I think because it looks good on Instagram to some extent, doesn't it? For some it looks people, amazing. but. There's a real, there's a reality behind it that people have yeah. got no idea. Yeah, of. yeah, completely. And you know, it's I'm always really strange on this subject because uh, you know I would never do another bodybuilding show as much as I know that I've packed on a lot more muscle since my last show. I'd be interested to see what that physique looks like under there. It's not worth it. It's so not worth the risk of going back mentally again. Um, but what was going to say then? What were we talking about? I lost my train of thought. Uh, we were saying about the um, uh, where were we? We were talking about um, competing, and we were talking about the. That's it. I've, I've remembered. I've remembered. So I say all of this and the negative effects of bodybuilding, but I loved it when I was doing it. The preps, I loved them. I absolutely loved them. I didn't like dancing about on stage because I'm not girly in any way, shape, or form. You know, I've got the grace of a pencil on the stage, but. I loved the hardcore training. I loved the nutrition. You know, when I did my first show, um, I was working in London pretty much full time. So I had to be in the gym at four in the morning to do my hit before I went to do a 10 hour day in London to then come home and do a weight session on 1400 calories a day. So, I mean, it's insane. But the insanity of it, I really sort of thrived on. I quite liked the regimented nature of it. Um, so I responded really well to it. It is just that sort of the aftermath, which isn't mm. great. Yeah. Mm. So what prompted you to then, what made you decide to not carry on competing and then shift towards the um, uh, more like strongman events or strongman lifting or I don't, I don't what's, the, what's the correct, what's the definition? How would you actually So powerlifting is what I do. Okay, okay. Yeah. So um, I decided that I wasn't going to do um, 
any more shows just because of how terrible it had got with binging and I couldn't was that a decision my, you made sorry to sorry to jump in was that a decision you made purely on your own or did you did you like how did you come to that conclusion for you I'd sort of I'd voiced it to Kieran my other half um of of whether to do it or not you know he he liked that I did bodybuilding he liked the structure that it gave to me and that I responded so well to it but you know my head was in bits um which it, that can't carry on you know and I'm, I'm not a kid I've got a serious job um bills to pay and things like that I can't be a I can't be a mental wreck because of a hobby um you know like I say there's no desire to go pro or even try to go pro this was just something to do for fun um so just because of the eating I didn't the thought of going into a prep again terrified me um so it, it just it just sort of happened quite naturally of I'm not going to do it again um I'd the reason that Kieran got into um sort of taking his strength training more seriously for his birthday I bought him um, a training session with Lauren Charley um 11 time world's strongest man athlete mm. um he had a training session with him following that training session he then signed up with Loz as a coach as a strength coach um about six months after Kieran had signed up with him I decided to sign up with Loz because I love training I love getting strong I like getting a deadlift PB and all that sort of stuff so I thought let's do some sort of focus on strength um and that was that's been 18 months now how, how do you find the, the difference in terms of coaching on, on a sense of you've had, a, let's say, like a bodybuilding coach, a shredding coach mm -hmm. and now like a powerlifting coach? What's the difference mm -hmm. in a, other than the obvious kind of difference in training and calorie requirements? necessarily? what's more from a, a support perspective? How do you find the two? What's it like? I mean, I genuinely can't say enough good things about laws. It's incredible. to. Th I mean, I don't know exactly how many clients he's got I could make a rough guess and it's you know I'd, I'd say it's close to 100 clients mm. across the world um but if I send him my deadlifts when I'm in the gym 99% of the time he will respond straight away mm. and say try this do this you know he's looking at my form and we'll give feedback on what I've sent through to him you know if I have a bad session his first questions are how is food, hydration, sleep, what's going on with work? Like crazy, you know, and I'm just a client in this long list of clients that he's got. You know, he has people that are competing at World's Strongest Man. But you would never, when I mentioned that sort of pecking order, you would never know with laws that, that, that there is a difference in um, not the calibre, but the importance, whatever it is, of his mm. athlete. Because if I'm having a bad time at work, he wants to know about it because that's impacting training. You know, if I went out last night and had a few drinks, my session today would be terrible, you know. Mm. Um, so he genuinely cares about the overall. It's not just here's your four week block and I'll speak to you and I speak to you. I speak to him every day. Mm. That's amazing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's such a, it's such a more... Well, and, and, I, and I don't want this to sound like I'm just completely digging on bodybuilding because I'm not. I really no, not. and I'm not. Yeah. But but like that's such a um, the from the the powerlifting powerlifting perspective. That's such a 
well-rounded approach to everything whereas I, yeah. I feel like with um and, and I've, I've experienced this clients have, ex have expressed this to me and I dare say you'll agree with this it's like when it comes to like a, a shredding coach or a prep coach whatever you want to call it it's like if you if you haven't lost weight this week cut your calories by 100 calories a day to 100 whatever it might yeah. be and we'll see how you get on boom and, yeah. that, and that's about it whereas actually that that other approach of how's your sleep how's work what's, what's yeah. going on and the fact yeah. that you're made to feel important regardless of where, yeah. you, where you feel yeah. like you may fall on that that totem pole is is yeah. important yeah exactly yeah so he'll say you know if I'm having a, a bad session because it's been rough at work whatever it is he'll say just stop just write it off we'll do today another day go and walk on the treadmill for 20 minutes and get an early night mm that's what you want to hear that's the sort of support that you want a hundred percent and how differently do you feel mentally training with for powerlifting rather than say bodybuilding a hundred percent better um i the 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 training with Loz is he tells me the weight to lift you know so it's not just do three sets of three deadlifts it's three sets of three at this weight so again the structure goes even more so he sets weights that he knows I will achieve in the gym um so there is never I, don't, I think I've failed a rep once in 18 months of being with him um and it's just it's nice to feel strong it's nice to get stronger um and just to see those incremental increases week on week you know there'll be the odd time when he'll give me a a block and bench will be five sets of eight at 47 and a half kilos and I'm like laws this is too light this is boring I don't want to do this but he's like but I want perfect form and I want to see every set I want to see the difference between the first set and the fifth set see if I can see that you're tired but your form needs to be perfect on it so it's like, right, okay, so I don't argue with him and I do whatever he tells me to do. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's it's nice. It's it's nice to see the progression. It's, yeah, I love it. It's incredible. Mm. And where do you see it going for you? Um, Does it have I an do... end? Because, and, and the reason I asked that is like with bodybuilding, it can be very much like, like you say, we prep you, you follow this, this, this structure for this period of time, get you on stage, cool, you've competed, good stuff, we'll see when we see you whereas mm. with the with the powerlifting side of things there are obviously competitions etc yeah. but like is, is that the goal for you like where where do you see it going um well i did my first powerlifting competition uh, in december 21 and then i did tattooed and strong in april this year which was um just a push pull um bench deadlift competition um i was going to do a deadlift competition this october um but just personal things going on training has been affected so i won't bother so the plan is to do a full powerlifting meet uh, next year um hopefully around april time something like that so squat bench deadlift all three lifts um and there isn't really an end goal but i feel quite comfortable with that mm. so as far as i'm concerned i will continue to compete in powerlifting again with no it's it's something that i say to quite a few of my clients is 
I never think of it as a competition against other people. That's what I like about powerlifting because it's just me getting up there to pull that deadlift. It's not, there might be other people in my weight category, but for me, it's just, that's a PB for me. I'm not bothered about the other people in the category. Bodybuilding, you're on stage and you've got 10 other girls. Mm. So they're my competition. competition. Yeah. Um, Whereas powerlifting, it just feels like the opportunity to get new PBs you know what I mean so yeah. I don't feel like I don't feel like I have to prove myself to anyone cool so th- th- that again very very different isn't it very yeah. very different like you say it's just you versus you which I think in yeah. terms of in terms of a mindset is it's got to be more healthy I'm just you know, yeah from, from yeah. my from my experience of seeing it and dealing with people it's like yeah you you should always try and be your own competition yeah yeah completely so yeah there's no there's no end goal with powerlifting i'll just continue to do it as long as i think that's that's the beauty of it though isn't it is it doesn't need to be whereas i think what people don't realize again just to to shift back to the bodybuilding side of things is like you can't live like that you can't live stage ready all year round no it's not sustainable and the thing is and the amount of times i've had conversations with and it and it, it happens to be um male bodybuilders I've had conversations with the odd one. One of them used to train in our gym um, is he would obviously look phenomenal on stage, but he never placed because he was noticeably smaller than the other blokes on stage. The reason that he was noticeably smaller is because nine times out of 10, the other blokes that he was competing against took steroids. So he was never going to win. He was never going to place. Um, but he liked to remain relatively lean all year round because he's early 20s. It's great to have abs out, but you're never going to pack on size if you don't eat. You need to go through the uncomfortable bulking phase. And he didn't. He hated it because he liked to have his abs out. Well, you need to, you can't have everything. You, you know, you yeah. can't moan that you're not getting any bigger or you can't compete with the other guys if you're not willing to put, you know, go through a bulking phase, which nobody enjoys, but it's necessary. Yeah, and I think people realise that, you you know, you need to be in a really a significant surplus if you want to try gaining. Yeah, completely. Yeah, mm. I mean, at points, I was with a nutrition coach up until about eight months ago, and I remember that we were working up towards testing my one rep max for the three lifts, and I was at a point where I was on 5,000 calories a day. Explain you know, to people how uncomfortable that is. You, it's, it's really it sounds difficult. like a nice problem, doesn't it? It sounds it's like a nice problem, but it's really not. Because the common misconception is that, oh, you just get to eat whatever, blah, blah, blah. No, because to eat 5,000 clean calories is such a huge volume of food like you can't even imagine so for example one of my um one of my clients weighs 186 kilos and he isn't on 5000 calories a day big boy but i was i was consuming 5000 calories a day i question whether that was the right thing of my nutrition coach to do um but i got pbs in all three lifts um but it is such a huge volume of food. You are constantly full. Um, you are constantly force feeding, you know, and there's only so many ways that you can make chicken and rice interesting. 
Um, there's no amount of hot sauce is going to make that go down any easier when it's your fifth time eating it today. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's grim. You know, you could do 5,000 calories with a, a few McDonald's meals, easy. But when it's clean calories, it's a ton of food. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just like listening to you talk, it's like both both endeavors require very very different relationships with food equally it's not not equally as challenging maybe i feel like the bodybuilding is probably maybe more challenging i think being in a yeah. massive deficit like that is is yeah. probably harder but yeah e- equally it's not it's not as easy as people think just to eat a load of calories no, no not at all when because when you're it is worse being in a deficit because when you're full you don't really sit here thinking i'm full yeah when you're starving you can't focus on anything. Explain all. how starving you probably are at that point. I mean, like I say, bearing in mind, I would I would do uh, 20 minutes of um, hit in the morning. So that was like four in the morning. And it'd be on the treadmill, 30 second walk, 30 second sprint for 20 minutes. Awful. Um, then go into London for 10 hours. It got to the point towards the end of my preps where I remember being in a tube station in London where you had to walk upstairs to, you know, to, to get to the way out. And I remember being stood at the bottom of the stairs and just looking up and going, <sighs> because those stairs were going to hurt, you know, everything was going to hurt. I was tired. My joints hurt. You know, I had to change my cardio to swimming because I just couldn't walk on the treadmill anymore. Um, everything hurt. It's just, yeah, it's far worse when, you're starving hungry yeah because mm. you, you just can't focus on anything else yeah it's rough isn't it it is it is it's, it's so awful. rough it is that's why i've yeah. never I, I would never consider doing it never no. ever ever no i just no. um yeah i like i enjoy my food way too much yeah i'm i'm so happy that i've experienced it i don't regret it i'm so so happy that i've experienced it i'm so happy that i managed to get into a bigger weight category so I could show my physique more. I was thrilled with the results, but yeah, I would never again in a million years. I do not need to be thinking about food 24 hours a day. Mm. And like I say, with a full-time job, it was a serious job. Um, and I just, I couldn't think about work. I would sit there looking at emails on my computer, thinking about food, like not even reading the words on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. So, so to, to to then to then move this forward a little bit and get onto like Titan. Um, do you, do you prefer yeah. like Titan nutrition or just Titan? Titan nutrition. Titan nutrition. I thought as much. Yeah. So, getting onto bringing that into into the conversation, then what? Uh, how, okay. How how do you deal with it if one of your clients wants to, i.e., go down the bodybuilding route or the, the powerlifting route how does that is that does that is that conflicting for you like how do you how do you handle that what sort of vetting so process do you have I've, I've made it really really clear I, I spent a lot of time so my sort of full-time work outside of titan is um like social media and graphic design so that's sort of my my thing so i spent a lot of time building the brand before i launched titan because i i I didn't want to start anything half-assed i needed to have a mission and a vision in my head before before i sort of put it out there Mm -hmm. i was very very clear at the beginning and have remained so in in all of my posts that my target market is strength um strength athletes whether it's powerlifters strongmen 
and I would say 95% of my clients are powerlifters or strongmen. Um, and I was very clear that I would not work with bodybuilders. Um, so I've alienated a complete industry, but I am absolutely fine with that um, because I cannot promote something or condone something that I don't believe in anymore. Mm. Um, I know what it did to me. I couldn't morally put someone through that because um, it's just, it's, 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 if it goes wrong, it's devastating mentally. Mm. Um, so yeah, I've been really, really clear that it's, it's not something that I will work with. If a client said they wanted to do a bodybuilding show, I would point them towards phenomenal bodybuilding coaches. Um, but it's just, it's not, it's not a part of the fitness industry that I want, I want part of. That's brave. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's not for me. Like I say, my heart isn't in it. My heart, my passion is strength and strength training, you know, and it's easy to talk to people about something that you're very passionate about and you understand, you know, so a lot of my clients will send the, I don't ask for their training videos. I write their nutrition. I don't need to see their lifts, but they will send them through because they know I understand. And it's, it's just nice when you've got a, you know, it, when you've got a passion for it, it's easy to talk about it. If I was doing bodybuilding, I would, I would take on the mental strain of my client. Um, sort of unconsciously i'd be going through it with them it takes you back there won't it to some extent yeah. yeah yeah so i just it's no no it's it's not something i i can promote anymore mm. which which i think is like i mean fair play that's like very mm. very um principled and sticking to it and uh, outline that from the start i think is um yeah it is awesome it's really good yeah like, no it's it's good and i'm you know i'm 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 proud of titan it's it's hard graft. I've never worked as hard in, in all of my life, but, you know, I committed to posting content every single day and I do it every single day, regardless of one in the morning and I'm creating a post, it will be there at eight o'clock the following mm. morning. Um, and I think it's paid off, you know, I, there are, you know, as, as you, and with mentioning steroids earlier on, there are parts to our industry with any industry that's quite dark and, I will talk about it quite happily. A couple of my posts this week have been quite controversial um, in terms of illegal substances, water loading for competitions and things like that. Very controversial topics, but I want to talk about it. Not because I'm promoting it, but I would rather, for example, the post that I've got on today about um, water uh, loading, cutting for a competition to make weight. I want to talk about that because whilst I would never put any of my clients through a water cut um if people are doing it that don't have a coach I want them to at least do it properly and safely mm. so my post today is given the guidance on how to do that but yes. it's not a road I want to go down I'd rather get someone making weight through nutrition so you know a couple of weeks out from the competition I'd rather be introducing calories to fuel them even more as you're getting closer to the comp rather than having to cut water mm. you know this is really interesting because you've touched on a few things i was going to bring up as well with regards to like controversial top topics and how that all ties in and how yeah. and how uh are you are you potentially conflicted by clients that may want to do these things all that sort of stuff so that's perfect like it segues really nicely now. yeah yeah <laughs> um 
but you're right there is there is there's like there's um um like a dark there's darker side to um to to, to fitness in general and yeah. i think it would be really interesting to get into it for sure and i like i like i like your posts your, your stuff always looks great yeah, it's always super oh, informative super informative yeah. like absolutely bang on and exactly the sort of stuff that i think needs to be out on social media yeah. because yeah. because because it's too often it's too easy to kind of see someone's what appears to be their best or or a facade when actually there's a lot of other stuff going on behind it like 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 steroids for example so let's yeah, yeah. Let, let's um what, what so what this is such a broad and open question but i'll ask it and we'll just go with it like what's your what's your perception what's your take on the use of steroids so um given the nature of what my target audience is um steroids are rife you know people take steroids for strength you know same in bodybuilding for muscle mass um there's no judgment from me whatsoever. Your body, your choice, you know, all of those, all of those lovely terms that people um, band out. I'm doing a lot of research at the moment. So my understanding of PEDS is better um, because if clients take them, I just want to be able to advise as much as possible. Nobody can advise anything when it comes to steroids, um, but I want to be able to advise as much as possible and tailor their nutrition because nutrition is affected if if you're using steroids you know people are going to gain weight hold water things of that things like that um so it is part of the onboarding process that people need to be quite honest about what they're taking they do need to list what they're taking um so i can understand and get my head around how that could impact um mm. their nutrition and just overall health um you know what's the dosage sizes of things that people are taking because again nobody's nobody's really educated on this matter because they're illegal um but there are better sources than others um so i had a, a conversation with a chap not long ago um and he he sent me through what he was on and i knew looking at it and this is me still learning i looked at it and was like that's too much that's far too much so we had a conversation he's brought it down so there's there's no judgment from me whatsoever. If that's if that's what you want to do, then crack on by all means. My issue with steroids isn't necessarily steroids themselves. It's when people are posting things on social media, giving the impression that you can achieve this by doing my ten week shred. Oh, well. <laughs> That's questionable you know, <laughs> because you haven't done that clean. That's my issue. And to an uneducated person, they would believe that they can achieve that clean yeah. in a 10 week shred. And you can't achieve what that coach is posting. You can't that, you know, to the sort of the trained eye, if you like, you know, mm. when someone is on gear and you can see, you can see that in their physique, you haven't gone from, generic joe blogs to like chris bumstead in like 12 <laughs> weeks you know what i mean and that's that's an extreme but my issue with steroids is people making out for marketing purposes for you know the purposes of getting new clients hmm. um look at what my clients are achieving mm, well some of them are achieving that because they're also taking gear hmm. there's no judgment if they're taking it fine but you need to you need, there needs to be a disclaimer with that yeah 
So yeah, that's my issue with it. And yeah, it's a, it's a big one. It's an obvious one, isn't it? Because like you say, it's it's selling someone the idea of acquiring this without the without um, clearly stating what's actually yeah. helping them along the way. And and yeah. to, to to give people that listen to this an idea, how much difference? And I know it's difficult to quantify, but how much difference does it make to someone's physique and muscle acquisition when they are taking steroids compared to when they're not? And I know it's difficult to put a percentage on it, but like as someone it does, who, uh, it does make a difference there's there's no there's no getting away from it I, can't, I couldn't say sort of how much difference but it does make a, a definite visible difference you are stronger there are no two ways about it there are the gains are there when you're on gear um but I, th- I think my my sort of greater issue is and I'm seeing it a lot with you know because I've seen kids in the gym that we're at um all of them with the spotty backs and you're like there we go on gear um the telltale the the number one telltale sign is that people are turning to gear too quickly um people are not exploring what they can achieve naturally first that's Mm. my issue is that people just go i need to get on gear um because i want to be bigger or stronger or whatever have more muscles but you've not even tried your training is crap you're not training to the intensity that you need to to build the muscle that you want your nutrition is awful you know so you need to be people need to be focusing on sort of building that strong foundation before you even look at things like that and then kids in the gym why are they using why are they using gear they're not competing in anything so like it's yeah they're it's, not covering all their bases are they they're not getting everything to me no. i've always kind of viewed steroids in, in in a similar sense of if you if you're prepared to do it then on you that's absolutely yeah, fine yeah. The, only, the only time i have an issue with it is i think when it's um two scenarios one as you've described when someone is selling a product on the basis of um it being all natural when it clearly natural. isn't and mm. the, the other issue i have is when it's um when it enhances someone's ability to inflict damage on a person so for example mm. like in combat sports it's like well the physical advert the physical advantages of being on steroids are you're going to be stronger more powerful you know mm. all, all sorts of things and yeah. when that and when that means your fist comes into contact with someone's head in a harder manner then then i have a problem with that as well but like yeah. in a sense of in a sense of bodybuilding fill your boots that's absolutely fine go for it yeah but like people aren't covering all their bases before they do it no what what is the impact of taking steroids then for people and i know that sounds obvious again but like people just jump to it because it feels like it's the answer it's like okay cool well i'll just i'll jump on gear i'll hit the gym five times a week or four times a week and it'll just it'll just pile on muscle mass it's like well it's going to have an impact somewhere so like From your perspective, well, what impact? Well, like, for example, um, not necessarily a steroid. I did a post yesterday, I think it was, about clenbuterol. Mm. So I would say predominantly used by women for fat loss. Um, a lot of a lot of these coaches are putting their clients on clen because it's rapid, um, rapid weight loss. But um, a girl commented on my post today saying she used to use clen. She had a heart attack at 30 wow so that that's it you know whether it's steroids whatever it is it's these things that happen her heart was 
enlarged, all, so it's um, clenbuterol induced hypertrophy. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's literally when the heart gets mm. bigger. And she had a heart attack at 30. Insane. She was on it for 12 weeks straight. So she'd not cycled it. She literally took it every day for 12 and this, weeks. And this, was, and this was something that her coach advised her to do. No, she, she'd, she didn't have a coach. She just wanted to oh, lose I see. weight. Sorry. She, yeah, yeah, she just, she'd found it on the internet started taking it with no guidance whatsoever um and yeah had a heart attack at 30 i mean that's what is that yeah and you've got you've got a question like if you're not competing for anything what on earth are you doing to your body yeah like if 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 you're absolutely passionate about being a bodybuilder you want to be the best bodybuilder you possibly can be and and to get to that stage you have to take steroids and you're prepared to make those sacrifices go for it yeah if, if you're a casual gym user what are you doing yeah it's it's terrifying that's what i mean with the kids you know these kids can't be older than 19 that i'm seeing in our gym mm -hmm. that have got a back full of spots and are wandering around like the ronnie coleman yes yeah. i can share a story with you this oh, this is this is terrifying all right so there's a gym local to us that i think I'm not going to name, but you'll 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 figure it out pretty quickly when I explain what what ha what happened. A client of mine ca came to me after he had been to this gym, and in in within minutes of going to this gym, walked to this gym, asked to speak to a personal trainer. A personal trainer at this gym said to him, "I will, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna work out with me, you need to take steroids." I will, I will tell you the things you need to take in order to get to this position. And this, this person decided not to go to this gym and come yeah. and spoke to me. This was probably a couple of years ago, I reckon. And was like, is this normal? And I was like, absolutely no. not. Like if, no. if, you, if you think I'm going to make those sorts of demands and recommendations on you, then, then think again, like yeah. it's, it's astonishing. It's astonishing yeah. that anyone can feel that they're in a position to just say to someone, you, if you're going to work with me, you need to take steroids. Like, yeah. what, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know of a coach who um, was doing a 10 week, 12 week shred, whatever it was, um, and was telling his clients who had signed up to that to take Clem. Like, this is just Joe Average person that wants to look nice in a bikini. You're wreck you're potentially wrecking people's lives and ending people's lives. That, that yeah. woman had a heart attack. Yeah. Like absolutely just, just yeah. blows my mind. Blows my yeah. mind. Yeah. And this and this particular um girl who had been um asked to take Latin, um, she without going into too much detail, she works with her hands. One of the most common side effects of Clen is anxiety and shaking. Like okay yeah so it's there's not even a getting to know your clients right yeah you need to what what do people do and then it's you had I, I did a post a while ago you know i've got um a couple of clients who are in the u.s military um and we have to be careful around certain supplements that they take because they can come up on the army's mm. sort of band list you know creatine or you know something like that i'm you know i don't tell any of my clients to take um illegal substances but you have to know your clients because, you know, if I didn't know that they were in the US Army, they could lose the job, you know, mm. it's because I'm telling them to take XYZ supplement, creatine, whatever it is. Um, but that shows up 
as a sort of red flag on their drugs test. You know, we it's important, you know, and you'll know it. You've got to get to know your clients properly, the ins and outs. Mm. So so for you then, moving into Titan Nutrition seems like a really obvious link. If we understand kind of historically um, your understanding of food, whether it's depriving yourself of it or overfeeding yourself with yeah. it, it's like yeah. your understanding of food, it's been, it's been a relationship of one way, like you've had to kind of fit, not figure out as you go along, but realize actually yeah, yeah. this is having a massive impact because of this. And now I'm overfeeding and it's having that impact. So yeah. seeing you transition into doing that from an from the outside looking in seemed really um obvious and really cool as well because it was like okay cool this is someone who's really got a good understanding of both yeah. sides both both extremes both extremes yeah. with food you know exactly it. you've lived it so moving yeah. it to the nutrition side of things seemed really obvious um but what prompted you to do it um there was a lot of my other half pecking my head for a number of years that I should do it because <laughs> um, there's been you know there's, there's been numerous occasions in the gym when sort of regular gym goers would ask for my advice on nutrition and food because you know I, I'm always in there I look a certain way and lift heavy weights and things like that so people naturally gravitate to people that look like they know what they're doing um, but my issue was with anyone that did ask about nutrition in the gym was I really don't want to give advice because I'm not qualified to do it. Um, you know, I, I find it quite terrifying that the majority of nutrition coaches out there hold no qualification and I don't, it, it doesn't compute with me. Um, so it had got to a point of people asking for advice or help um, that led me to sort of going for the qualification. So it's the level four nutrition and weight management for athletic performance um so I went for that one specifically because I want to work with um with athletes mm. um so yeah it was it was a lot of I'd always doubted myself like who's going to want to hear what I've got to say you know how am I going to get a client you know I just it seems so ridiculous to me that that anyone would want to pay for my advice um, but it was, yeah, I do have to, I do have to, um, give credit to Kieran there. It was, it was his sort of relentless. Yeah. yeah. And from, from the outside looking in, actually, that would be everything we've just outlined is exactly why you would be the perfect person to do it because you've yeah. lived it. Like you've, you've lived it. It's not something that you've, you've conceptually taken on for a book. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. I, I've lived this. And I think people respond to that probably really yeah. well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so nice. what, what's the what's the hopes for it? What's the plans for Titan Nutrition then for you? Um, well, it's it's already like I can't believe. I mean, I, I posted my first post on the Titan um, Instagram page on the 23rd of February. And I've posted every day, Monday to Friday since then. And I, as of today, have 76 clients. <laughs> It's amazing. So, yeah, like I wasn't expecting this at all. It's still crazy to me when I get a message from someone saying, are you taking any more clients? I'm like, this is bizarre. Um, so I, I do still have a full-time job, um, social media and graphic design. My view is that by April next year, I would like Titan to be full-time. Um, I'm, you know, very, I'm getting close to that point now. Not that the work is coming too much, but more that just naturally my focus wants to be on Titan. You know, that's where I want to be. Mm. Um, 
I'm getting people asking me to start doing podcasts and, and things like that. People are asking for T-shirts and hoodies and things like that. So there's the sort of a million and one things. I've got a list as long as my arm, but I need to do it gradually. And, you know, I don't, I don't want to rush anything and nothing is more important than my clients. So, you know, that's specifically why I don't want to rush at anything because I still have those people that, you know, need my support. Um, so, yeah, but I would say that the, the goal is for it to be my full-time job by next year, for sure. Definitely. Awesome. Well, I'll revisit that. I'll hold you to that. I'll come back to you in April. And yeah, find exactly. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please do. Yeah, so that's that's the plan. But it's gone. It's so much more than I thought it was going to be in such a short space of time. Um you know, I, I remember getting my first client and I wanted to cry. I couldn't believe it. And I was so nervous writing his plan. I think it took me like five days to write his plan. Um, whereas now I'm sort of knocking a plan out in a day. Um, and it, yeah, it's just, it's, it's still crazy to me. I suffer with imposter syndrome constantly, mm. literally all the time. I'm nervous every time I put a post up that someone's going to come back and say you're talking rubbish um but luckily I've, I've had no negative feedback as yet um but I think that's because I think that's because people are wanting that sort of content though people yeah. want people want that honesty and that yeah. transparency and they want generally someone who uh, has has lived it to some extent yeah and I think I think, I think that's what people people are probably really responding to is that yeah and I think it is that honesty, it is that transparency. Um, you know, I'm by no means an academic or an intellect in any way. I'm Northern. I say things as they are and as they come into my head. Um, and, you know, one of my biggest inspirations, it won't come as a surprise as he is to many, is James Smith. His mm. approach is perfect. It's just no nonsense. This is the fact. How many times does he have to post that the way to lose weight is to be in a calorie deficit? <laughs> But people still try and find different ways to lose weight. Um, so his approach is what I would say inspires me the most because it's just that no bullshit. Just this is the fact. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like I say, just uh, just to kind of perhaps round up on that point, I think that's what people respond to. They want that honesty. They want yeah. um, that. Uh, there's, a, there's a huge gap within the fitness industry for that. And yeah. I think I think your stuff really, really fills that void perfectly. Like I say, oh, because, because of the content, because the quality of the content and because people can see and they know you've you've lived it and you continue to yeah. live it now, which is why I think people. Um, yeah, people are drawn to it. Yeah. No, cool. Thank you. No worries. Um, Lindsay, I think that's everything I want to speak about. Uh, anything, anything you want to you want to hit me with before we go? No, no, it's been amazing. I've really, really enjoyed it. I am so awesome. sorry for chewing your ear off as long as I have. No, 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 it's great. It's great. I've really enjoyed it. Like I say, I had a, had a whole stack of things I want to talk about, pretty much all of which we've covered. So that's awesome. That's awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, okay, just to, just to finish up then, any anyone that's not following you, first off, follow you, but where can people find you and what's the best way to contact you if people want to? So, so the best way, again, because I've wanted to go gently, gently and not um, and not go full force on Instagram at Titan Nutrition. Um, yeah, just follow me on there. Content on every single day, whether it is an educational post, my musings for the day or updates on a client. Yeah, I, I hope people enjoy it. I work awesome. very hard for it, but yeah, I hope people enjoy it. 
yeah, your stuff looks great. So yeah, do give Lindsay a follow, everyone. Awesome. Super. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. Appreciate your time. All right. Cheers. Take care. Bye. 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 Bye.